One, one, two, three. This time, you're changing it up. Variety is the spice of life. Keeping it fresh. <laughs> yes. Keeping it so fresh, so clean. Welcome back so to fresh Detroit. And so Strange. clean, clean. Yes. Yes. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Uh. <laughs> I'm over here trying not to touch things because I make noise when I touch things. And I'm over here in front of a gray blanket, taking my third grade pictures. Yes, serving up Mr. Westerchin's third grade class realness. Yes, that's it, except for it was Mrs. Weaver. Mrs. Weaver, third grade class realness. Yeah, she let us go to her horse farm. She was pretty cool. Uh, are you a horse hoe? Um, no, but okay. sort of was growing up. I did go to horse camp, which makes my prior answer sound like a lie. Yeah, it sure does. But I was also kind of scared of them. Okay. Um, There was, yeah, a, a horse on a trail ran my leg into a tree. Oh, no. It scared me a little as a child. So no longer uh, a horse, a former ho- horse hoe. I mean, I would still ride a horse if there was a situation, but I'm not going to make the situation to ride a horse. Fair. That makes sense. Like, it's it's fine. It's fun. It's stinky. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, there's other things I'd rather seek out more. I'm not yeah. against it. I'd just rather seek out other experiences. So you're not not more. a horse hoe, but you're not a horse hoe. Correct. Exactly. That's why I answered like that. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I am not a horse hoe myself. That doesn't surprise me. But I can respect the hustle. <laughs> the horse hustle of the horse hoe. Yes, yes. Mad respect. Yes, they really commit. That's why we have so many horse movies. Seabiscuit, Secretariat, Black mm-hmm. Beauty. Mm-hmm. The other one. Yeah. The one about the animated horse. When I was a child, one of my favorite books was about a horse named Glitterby. Well, that's fun. Yeah, I think she turned into a Pegasus. Uh, love that for her. Maybe. Quite yeah. the glow up. Yeah, she got little wingies. Yes. Yeah, got to fly. Uh, fly girl. Fly horse girl. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. So what have you been yeah. up to lately? Ooh, loaded question. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What have I been up to? Well, yesterday, uh, my parents moved out of state. Yeah, I know so you told me that. That's when I uh... said bye. Yeah, that must have been... That's always hard, especially because, like, it was your childhood home, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I went through it, and it it was a weird experience because it's empty, too, so it's, like, weird to see yeah. that. Although, the last two times I saw my parents, I felt like I was moving as I brought home over a carload worth of stuff uh-huh. to bring into my house. Even though I'd taken, like, most of my stuff, they just... Oh, yeah, they'll keep giving you stuff. I've learned that from my parents. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, as soon as I got this place, my house became the family storage unit, which means I'm Mm -hmm. so excited for my sister's house to be done because got some stuff that's ready for her basement. (laughs) 
It was more like cleaning supplies and random stuff like that, though. Although I did yesterday, my dad, uh, my dad's father was in World War II, and you get like a little trunk when you when you go to war, I guess. Ooh. And so I got this trunk from World War II that has like Earl Cooper all over it and his, I don't know, lieutenant numbers. I don't know. If I this I don't know. War the army things. numbers. Yeah. Uh, well, that's fun. Yeah, it went to the Philippines. That's Ooh. the history I know of it. So yeah, except for it smells terrible. Yeah, I can because imagine. Because it was in their garage for 30 years. And I didn't air know that how... bitch out. Yeah, it's airing out currently. And I'm hopeful that it works. Yeah. Because it smells like a thousand deaths with halitosis. It's probably what it's seen. Yeah. To be no, fair, that's, that's, that's dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went there, but yeah. Other than that, um, I don't know. Projects, doing projects, fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Putting together some. Uh, well, I told you a little bit. Like I put together some tech things for a new streaming show I'm playing the ant. Yes. Yeah. Called Hey Girl, which. Well, I've already aired after this is released, but <laughs> you can go rewatch it. Yeah, go re. I like. I'm excited to see it. It looks interesting, and I love Margaret. I don't know yeah. her. Like, I don't interact with her all that often, but I love watching her perform. So I can only imagine I'd love watching her perform on a podcast. Yeah, uh, she's an amazing performer. Her name's Margaret Edwardowski. For anybody who doesn't know, she's a Planet Ant performer. Been performing for. A very long time, very well seasoned, very fun, very funny. She's so funny. She's invited other funny ladies that she knows from across the country to basically just come on and talk about women in the field of comedy and the field of improv and kind of see where those conversations go. So it's gonna be cool. I'm very into that because we all know improv is a lot of straight white men. So sometimes when it's not that, it's nice and exciting. Yeah, yeah. And also, especially like right now. The performance world is very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, due to the restrictions going on. And, you know, they're in place for a reason. I totally stand 100% yeah. behind them. But it does change things quite a bit. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll get into that a little bit, too. So, yeah, it'll be good stuff, though. I, I, It's like guaranteed to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check that out. I know I'm going to. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Tune in. <laughs> What have you been up to? Um, I started cleaning up my basement yesterday because I'm gonna I'm doing some work down here. Mm-hmm. And I've also started playing Fable again, Fable Three specifically. Mm-hmm. Which I forgot how much I loved these games. They're so stupid. Um, it's like takes place in like, well, this one's set in like the Industrial Revolution and fake England. Mm-hmm. So everyone's got that garbage like. I know that governor want to have a face of pie like you know it's uh-huh. just terrible accents all around which I love um and there's like a town crier always hear ye hear ye there's a mini game called loot hero where you play a loot oh like l-u-t-e boop, 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 boop. yeah yeah like a- oh, no it's a guitar isn't it it's like a gu- oh yeah I don't I know think you're I thinking, thinking of a flute uh, yes no, that's D D D D D to the side. 
There's Some one that's like DDD to the front that's like a piccolo? recorder flute. Yeah. I don't know. No, piccolo's to the side. I don't I know. I always think those yes. vapes that um are circular and metal. I always like think they're playing little piccolos. I'm expecting them like cause I think like didn't Willy Wonka have one of those type of things and he like plays a little piccolo and then the Oompa Loompas would do stuff. Oh yeah. Dee, 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 dee. And then they That's come what I think every time song. I see someone vaping with one of those. I'm just like, it's a magical piccolo. I wish that's what would happen. Bunch yeah. of oopaloopas everywhere. That'd be cool. Yeah. It's much better than what actually happened. They'd come take away all the selfish people. Selfish, yes. terrible people. Great. And then also roast them <laughs> via do. song. Yes. Oh, this country would be so much better if yes. there were more oopaloopas. Uh, oopaloopas 2020. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I love that so much. But yeah, so I've just been enjoying playing some older games. I'm calling them new old because it's like 2010. So it's mm-hmm. like not quite like classic or retro, but it's definitely not new. I mean, it's new to you, so that's fine. No, it's not new to me. I've played it before. Oh. Um, Sorry. Oh, God, I just stepped on glass. <gasps> Are you okay? Do you need to stop? No, no blood yet. We're good. Okay. I just like felt something sharp. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's glass from when I broke that light bulb. <gasps> okay. I was like be trying careful. to change a light bulb and I like was unscrewing it and it just like fell out and smashed. Yeah. Oh. And that was like months ago. Oh no. But I just moved tipsies. everything around. Okay. So hopefully that was just a one renegade shard. Yeah. Okay. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm worried. I think I'll be okay. Okay. Yeah. If I pass out halfway through the podcast, you'll know why, though. There'll just be a pool of blood around me. Fair. I mean, that's good to know, because then I know what to say when I call. Yes. So. You're recording a podcast, he stepped on a glass, and now he's just, he's down for the count. Mm -hmm. I can't even see him anymore. I can just see the rest of his basement. (laughs) It's just very green. I don't know what's happening. Aw. Yeah. You know what I do have, though? What do you have? I have three new theories about what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa update time. Yes. So I was... Where in uh, the world is Jimmy Hoffa? Exactly. I went down that rabbit hole again. Yes. And I read some new theories. And maybe they existed before, but I hadn't found them. But they were all articles from 2020. And I think I I suspect that part of it had to do with that Netflix uh, Frank Sheeran, I Paint Houses that came out. Yeah. That three hour movie. Everyone needs a project now that it's quarantine too. like mine's my basement. This guy's is just researching Jimmy Hoffa. This guy, it is actually all from uh, I forget his first name, but the last name is Bernstein. And Sam. he does do, Call Sam. do a not that one but uh he does do a lot of jimmy hoffa really he does other stories too but a lot of jimmy hoffa and some of them are kind of updates or just additions to ones that i did mention in the jimmy hoffa episode but i just want to go real quickly he disappeared uh 19 i believe it was 75 i should know that but i don't off the top of my head and you know uh known affiliations with essentially the mob and he wanted basically power back in the unions and nobody wanted him to have it so he disappeared and nobody knows what happened to him just quick up you know yeah yeah so there is one theory about him being buried on a 
ranch in Milford, Michigan. They did a 2006 dig there. But I found out that the property actually once belonged to Roland McMaster, who was a known gangster and teamster, which is why it was mm. suspected he was there. The information behind this theory expanded when in January of 2020, details were gathered from a mob associate in Michigan that Hoffa was killed at the house of Jewish racketeer and known teamster union affiliate Leonard Little Lenny Schultz. The information given goes on to state that Schultz, a former Purple Gang member, helped Gia Colone, who's one of the last men who was supposed to meet with Hoffa that day, Yeah, arranged the sit down between Hoffa and Provenzano, the other man meeting him. Mm-hmm. And Schultz and Gia Colone served as alibis for one another during the investigation as they claimed to be at this Tony Jack's headquarters located at the Southfield Athletic Club, which Schultz owned. So these three guys, basically. Yeah. And a former associate of Schultz who left his name off the record stated that in the 90s, Schultz told him that Hoffa was murdered at his house in Franklin, Michigan, not too far from the Red Fox. And then he went on to say that they had choked Hoffa in the living room and gave the body to Roland McMaster, a known teamster, to dispose of it. That's crazy. Yeah. So this guy basically in the 90s told this other guy who in 2020 revealed this information imagine keeping that secret all that time i know like i feel like if i was that guy like i would definitely i would like set up some elaborate like national treasure style scavenger hunt and just have instead of like finding a treasure you just find a very old dead body probably just a (laughs) skeleton i was gonna say i don't know how much there is to find also i very much suspect that his body was not left intact but that's just my suspicion that's true yeah the scavenger hunt gets even harder yeah yeah but another theory is the burguglio brothers pool theory Mm. and basically the burguglio brothers other they were new jersey mobsters and they it's believed that he might be buried under one of their pools Mm -hmm. it said many believe that Sally Bugs Berguglio, who had been the top suspect, was possibly the one to pull the trigger. And it goes on to say that the body was then placed under a pool that Sally Bugs was building at his Sherman, Connecticut vacation home that summer. Uh-huh. But there's also suspicion he could be buried under his brother Gabriel's pool in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Both homes are under new ownership and neither have come to an agreement to be searched. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them, like, I think... One of them just never responded, and then the other one basically said, how much money will I get for it? And it wasn't enough. That's dumb. Um, But I also get not wanting to have your pool torn up. Mm -hmm. Which also, like, that'd be weird to know there's a a famous dead body under your pool. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, could you really enjoy it? You'd be like, oh, swimming around, enjoying this nice day. You know who's not? The dead guy under my pool. Well, I think they would remove, if they found it, they would remove him. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's so many theories, though, too. Each of them. Right. They can't go digging up everyone's pool. Yeah. I think there's many theories because my, my whole idea is, again, this is the mob we're talking about. So I think people within the mob lied to other mobsters and said like here's this body go get rid of it with the fishes over in the detroit river and the yangtze river and this river the mississippi river just keep changing it well i think they even gave them fake things to dispose of oh yeah like they're here this is jimmy hoffa's left hand but it was really just a can of tuna exactly exactly 
So that's my theory. But there's two other updates, too. So one of them was that he was buried in a landfill in New Jersey. But I found out that in 2019, investigative journalist Dan Maldia shared information about what New Jersey mob associate Frank Capola, Capola, a one-time right-hand man of Provenzano, had told him in October of 2019 in an affidavit on the disappearance of Hoffa. Capola stated that his father, Paul, was responsible for burying Hoffa's body shortly after the murder in a PJP landfill in Jersey City, which Paul Capola was part owner of alongside Philip Moscato, a top New Jersey loan shark and mobster. So it was Moscato that had revealed that Giacalone's younger brother, Vito, had picked up Hoffa in his nephew's car that day. Uh, so they're all connected. It's a lot of mobster names, so I do apologize for that. But No, it's a lot of mobster names, and they're all very much Great. what you'd expect like a v- there's yeah. always a veto mm-hmm. i've never met a veto in real life though yes and then they drove by the residence and Provasano's right-hand man salvatore sally bugs Berguglio, the same guy with a pool yeah. shot hoffa in the back of the head his body was then driven to the landfill in a gateway transportation truck which was owned by the mob and in coppola's affidavit he also stated that a limousine showed up at the landfill in New Jersey a day after Hoffa's disappearance and Paul Capola and Moscato greeted it upon its arrival. Moscato pointed to an area of the property for burial, but Paul Capola was worried due to FBI surveillance and secretly dug a second hole without telling Moscato in order to hide the final burial site. His body, Hoffa's body was then reportedly put into a 55 gallon steel drum placed in a secret hole to make sure it was really hidden. 15 to 20 chemical drums were placed on top of it before filling said hole. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. Yeah, so even they, they, I think they have searched that landfill, but they searched the other hole, like the one that Moscato thought they yeah. were going to use. But this other guy secretly did this other one, was like, I don't know, got a secret hole over here. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that hiding bodies in a dump. I mean, that's kind of. It's like the ocean. I mean, it's like this, like, trash just ocean. massive expansion. Yeah, trash island yeah uh of things yeah and then this is a theory i've never heard before and it was a theory before but there's been some updates to it and this is my favorite because i'm calling it the disco theory Ooh, i love that i've been so into disco lately (laughs) so sometime around march of 2020 so again very new information a former food service worker came forward to claim he saw hoffa's body being disposed of at the raleigh house disco and banquet in southfield michigan the same night as Hoffa's disappearance, he remembers seeing a car matching the maroon car Hoffa was last seen in, pull up, dump something into a trash compactor on the site around midnight. Immediately after that, a sanitation truck, probably owned by the mob, came away or came and took away the contents. Back in 1975, this was an investigation site as the establishment had known mops, you know, mobster ties. Yeah. Specifically that of central sanitation. Trash. Yeah. Truck trash yeah mm. and they tr- that company was owned by three detroit mobsters dang yeah so those are my hoffa updates fun uh, we'll find him someday no we won't no <laughs> we're never gonna find him because again i think i think there are people who went to the grave thinking they were going to the grave with the secret of his death and i don't think that they even knew right I think there's like two to three people who actually know, but I think everybody just kind of kept telling everybody these mis- misleading information or like 
here and they would give him like i don't know a deer or something be like bury this it's hoffa this is the longest and worst game of telephone <laughs> really he's is. hidden underneath the oak tree he's hidden mm-hmm. underneath the oak street like just i don't know mm-hmm. keep changing it's just crazy because it like goes all over the country too yeah uh, as far as like the sites so that's my half update <laughs> fun well Always love a good Hoffa update. Remember, if you do see Hoffa, let us know. Yes, please. Uh, it's one of our asks. Yes, please. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess um, now that we've got Hoffa out of the way. Yeah. Should we get into the story? Well, first I want to know if you're sipping on anything. Oh, yeah. I am sipping on a Bud Light seltzer in flavor strawberry. Ooh. I have whatever i had in my house which was some champagne thank you chris and debbie for moving and giving me all your stuff and some Lacroix and some lime juice it looks good what's floating on the top oh i put some pea flowers in it just to make it prettier i was hoping they would change it because pea flowers actually change the like i mean it looks like pea with acid no well that's the champagne no it's supposed to be turned blue oh yeah I mean purple. I'm sorry. It's supposed to turn purple. They're blue on their own if you make them into a tea. Uh, and if you add an acidic quality to it, they turn purple. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Science. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The things I had in my house were much less exciting because it was a can of Bud Light seltzer. If anybody wants to hang out with me in my porch or in my backyard this summer, I got some stuff. Some of it's weird. Lots of beer. Not a bad thing. It's usually a good thing for summer. Summer patio sitting. But it's like all very fancy beer. Ooh. Except for the six pack of hams that I randomly bought and have not had any of. Because <laughs> for some reason it feels weird not to have it at a bar. Fair. Fair. Yeah. It's just backup hams. Yeah. Or like a big party or something like that, which that's neither of those things are happening because they're yeah. not and they shouldn't. I've never um, drank a hams, but I have had hams sprayed on me. Oh, yes, I was there. Yeah. Yes. Damn. I mean, it's, it's cheap beer. Yeah, it was fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Yes, please. T- yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so now we're ready for a story. Yes. Okay. Have you heard of the Scarab Club? Uh-huh, I have. Okay. Do you know what it is? Uh... It is well. I know it was like um, I know they've done concerts mm-hmm. and art things. Yeah, and it is in I believe Midtown. Yep. And I went there. I've been there once actually for a concert. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I went and saw a band, uh, Breathe Owl Breathe, play there. And I want to say it was during like um, what's that snow? What's that December thing that's in Midtown? the um, nights noel night oh uh, okay or something like that. it was like a big event thing and you could walk around and they were playing and it was great but that's all i know i'm literally out of information about the scarab club now well i guess my joke that it's an enterology club for dung beetles is not gonna work uh but it does have Sorry. something to do with dung beetles okay so For those of you who don't know, the Scarab Club is that mysterious brick building behind the DIA at 217 Farnsworth Street. 
and it has a big beetle on it. Mm-hmm. Or a scarab, I guess, to be specific. I mean, yeah, either it's same. So basically, it's an artist club. Uh, they do have events there, but I guess we could go back to when it started. So it was founded in 1907 as the Hopkins Club, named for founder Robert Hopkins, who was a marine painter, meaning he painted boats and stuff. Oh, niche. Yeah. So he was born in Glasgow and moved to Detroit with his family in 1843. And he was a self-taught painter whose subject matter was usually maritime painting of, again, boats and stuff. And he became one of Michigan's most prolific painters of the late 1800s. And I wrote down, he was hot shit in the paints, pictures of boats world. Because apparently he's one of the best at painting those boats in that water. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So the club was formed with a vision, quote, to promote the mutual acquaintance of art lovers and art workers to stimulate and guide toward practical expression, the artistic sense of the people of Detroit to advance the knowledge and love of the fine arts in every possible manner, and to main a clubhouse for entertainment and social purposes, as well as to provide working and exhibit facility for artist members. Nice. It's yeah. a good mission. I, I support that mission. Yeah. So just kind of like, another reason why Hopkin was motivated to start this club was because he was self-taught, and it was hard at the time to get attention, and probably still is, it's hard at the time to get the attention of big museum and buyers when you're not formally trained. So it wasn't uncommon for the time for artists to form groups and clubs to provide artists and art lovers a place to create and appreciate art. What time period are we in? Early 1900s. Sorry. So this okay, is 1907. Okay. Yeah. So the club started off pretty exclusively with those wishing to join having to fill out an application and had to be approved by a committee. In 1913, the club was renamed to the Scarab Club due to the Beatles association with, quote, the resurrection of life. Uh, which was kind of odd because the name change was brought about by the director at the time, John Swan. And he compared the way the scarab beetles laid eggs in camel dungs, where the new beetles would eventually emerge from. And he saw this as the, quote, renewal through arts in Detroit. So, like a phoenix. Beetles crawling out of shit is apparently what he thinks of the art scene in Detroit. As in say, it's like a phoenix, but with dung. Yeah. And it rose from the shit of a camel. And grew to be a beetle. But anyway, so that's why it's called the Scarab Club. And mm-hmm. uh, so like you're right, the main focus of the club is painting and sculpture. But they also do things like they have musicals, lectures, and workshops at the club. Mm-hmm. And they also had a ladies' night where women could gather for, quote, frolic and dance. Yes, please. Yes, who doesn't love a good frolic and dance? Crazy people. Ah, uh, couldn't imagine. <laughs> So they were early to accept female artists. Like in 1914, the club would start allowing female artists to display their works and are still champions of female artists today. Mm -hmm. I have a quote from the Detroit Free Press from December 13th, 1914. Another move that added interest to the exhibit was the admission of works by women. There was no hesitation on their part when the barriers were lowered. Oh, okay. So I think it was kind of like, they let the women in and the women were like, all right, we're going, we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, I will say they were early to accept female artists. They weren't allowed membership in the club until 1962. So that's kind of a bummer. That kind of shit doesn't make sense to me. Cause right. like. We'll show you art, but you can't be a member. Yeah. And like, 
why yeah why i i just there was like a bar in new york it's one of the oldest bars that it didn't let women in until like the 80s like the 1980s it was like a men's only bar and they only have two types of beer light and dark it's just that's the you go in there you can have a light beer or a dark beer and that's it i feel like that place smells real bad it's a lot of wood a lot of wood I like wood normally, but I also feel like it traps scents. Oh, yeah. It was just like dark and kind of dingy, like cozy dingy, where it's like, I'm not afraid and wiping my white gloved finger across the table, but I definitely tell this place is old. Yeah. Lived in. Well, lived in. Um, But yeah. And wait, don't get me wrong, though. I do love a hole in the wall. Like, they are my favorite kind of bar. Oh, definitely. For sure. I just don't like the history to that one. So yeah. I'm gonna... Oh, definitely. Like, <laughs> so I'm gonna be a dick. Yeah. So another thing that the Scarab Club is known for, they had a legendary costume ball. Ooh. So in 1917, the club would host its first costume ball, which is held in January. Mm-hmm. And it would become an annual event that was the social event of the year in Detroit. Ooh la la. So I found a quote from a report about the 1920 ball. The fete was in a courtyard within the city of Mecca. Oriental lights flooded the gardens. In the garden were 600 guests impersonating types from every land and every period from the medieval knights to sometimes unconventional costumes today. Chinese and Turkish costumes were favored. A large number of gorgeous Mandarin coats were noted. Many of the outfits had been purchased in the Orient by those who wore them. A lot of problematic stuff now, but maybe at the time. I was going to say, the 20s were a very different time. The 20s were. They just loved being like, we like how this stuff looks. We don't want to know anything about it, but we're going to make all our buildings look like this. Mm -hmm. This is pretty. Exactly. pretty, yeah. I think it was the Fisher, right, that had like a, the theater in there was a Mayan theme, and there was another one that had like some other kind of like ancient civilization theme mm-hmm uh what okay yeah, yeah there's other theaters in the area too like uh i think i might be wrong about this but i think the redford theater also had some sort of uh theme like that as well because it was probably built in that time period i think it was just like in vogue for the time yeah exactly not to be confo- confused with the band in vogue who sings for your mind because we both know we love in vogue yes what show was it on that you were watching a different world a different world okay i watched all four seasons to get to that episode and i mean i liked the show when i was younger so that's also why i watched it was it worth it when you got to the episode with Vogue? was it like yes finally or was it kind of just like oh there it is no it was good it was good good they did a really good job because they're supposed to be like nerdy girls who like i don't know, get a slight makeover and then sing and right they like put their hair up and give them like a coat of lashes and lip gloss yeah you're a different person now but i will say during their performance like they're like oh my god look at them performance Uh they still were kind of like awkward with their bodies and like stumbling and like kind of like they didn't totally transform which i found interesting because usually when there's like a transformation like that in a show it's like zero to 60 tell me about it stud yeah yeah exactly and this one was like well, we put some new clothes on them. We taught them some moves, but they're still learning. And like, they already had really good voices. So we just taught them this song, which was their song. But, you know, but yeah. it was 
they did a really good job of like still being awkward. I like that. It's a believable yeah. transformation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but back to these balls. So in 1937, yes. the ball was actually covered in Life magazine in a two-page spread. Wow. And I couldn't find the two-page spread. But I found the theme, which is a great consolation prize. The theme was Scarabian Cruise. I have no words. (laughs) Wow. I just... uh, This club... I'm bummed. So they stopped doing the balls in the 50, and I'm not sure why. Like, 1950. Mm -hmm. Oh. So I'm starting a change.org petition to bring it back, because everyone knows (laughs) change.org petitions work. I always love it. It's like, bring back the Crunchwrap Supreme at Taco Bell. It's like, these are not what these petitions are for. Yeah. I was going to say, some of them are like valid and good petitions. There's a lot right now going around. But yeah, some of them are just like, make them redo the last season of Game of Thrones. I saw that one before and I'm like, really? I don't think people understand how these work. No. Like, this isn't just like a, a wish for them. Yeah, no. Yeah. Hmm. But my change petition.org will work. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Look forward to that ball. Yes. The theme will be uh, Scarabian Cruise is so good. I don't know how I'm going to top that. How about we're not in a pandemic anymore? Hey. That's a fun thing. <laughs> I would enjoy that. I would theme. love that theme if we could accurately have that. <laughs> That's a close second to Scarabian Cruise. uh so just moving on to the building now so the building where the club uh is at now the current building was built in 1928 before then they kind of moved around a little bit but uh the current building was built in 1928 and the exterior was styled in a renaissance revival style specifically the northern italian renaissance Mm -hmm. and i guess it's like one of the best examples of the style wow um and the interior style and the arts and cracks, arts and cracks, arts and crafts style, <laughs> and lavishly with, so. Arts and crafts. I'm, yeah. I'm fine uh, with calling it that. That's when you don't take care of the arts and crafts, it become arts and cracks. Mm-hmm. Farts and cracks. Um, But so, like, there's, like, all over the building are things like frescoes, pubic tile. I don't know if I'm Poabic. saying that. Poabic. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> crushing it this episode. Uh, no, I love that so much. Pubic tile. Uh, which I didn't know was yeah. a Detroit thing, and it's known for its yeah. iridescent glaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been there a couple of times. I went on a field trip there once, actually. We got to make our own little tiles. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I was in high school, and I made a sloth. Of course. <laughs> My mom actually asked me if I wanted it like a few weeks ago, and I was like, I've lived this long without it. I'm good. You could have made some sick coaster, though. No, it's not flat. It's oh, a no. Relief, so it's it's bumpy. Yeah, no. Not a coaster. No, no, not that kind of tile. They can hang it in their Jimmy Buffett house. I'm pretty sure it's meeting up with Jimmy Hoffa pretty soon. Good. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I, put yeah. The, I put the dots together too late. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Sloth Tile. Yeah, I think so. Oh. 
So, along with tiles, they have mosaics, carvings, sculptures, stained glass, and boss reliefs. Bas reliefs? Do you pronounce the S? I think it's boss. Okay. I think it's boss. Okay. I don't know. Yes. Well, oh my god, I I was about to say Karen D, because I didn't know how to pronounce something. And that reminded me Mm -hmm. that the news that you shared with me this week. Yes. Is that Karen D has liked us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that tickles me so much. What a delight. <laughs> I hope she's listening. I hope she loves it. I'm sorry your name has become a catch-all for things I can't pronounce, but it's also an honoring you. Yeah. And your last name that I still do not know how to pronounce. No. And it was one of the first things we couldn't pronounce. Yes. So. There would be yeah. no Detroit Strange without Karen D, so we salute you. <laughs> Yes. So this building contains so much art that new discoveries are still being made to this day. Oh, cool. Like, for example, there was a fresco that wasn't discovered until leaky pipe started to erode away plaster that was over it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, And then there was another fresco in the ladies powder room that was discovered in an old photograph. So there's an old photograph of someone applying makeup in the powder room. Mm-hmm. And someone looked at the photo and noticed that in the mirror in the picture reflected back was a mosaic. And at the current time, there is black and silver wallpaper where that was. So they carefully peeled it away and were able to restore the fresco that was behind it. That's cool. Yeah. So this weird little art mystery building. That's fun. Like hidden treasures. Yes. <laughs> it is a Nancy Drew game waiting to happen. <gasps> Real life. IRL. IRL Nancy Drew. Yes. Not the TV show, though. I hear it's trash. Oh. The CW did a good TV show. Oh, yeah. Like, like, you know how they did with, like, Riverdale and Archie Comics and the Chilean Adventures of Sabrina? Yeah. Didn't work out so well with uh, Nancy Drew. Oh, I feel like there's such potential for a Nancy Drew TV show, too, actually. Right. I feel like they just went like the boring, typical route of like, let's make this about high school drama and her being yeah. like paranoid about ghosts and shit. And not like, why don't you just make this badass girl who solves crime? You know, like, it's oh, a mystery solving hoe. They did that. It was called Veronica Mars. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. Is that what that show's about? Yeah, she's a P.I. I love that. I need to watch that show now. Yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> I watched it recently, as uh, I told you. I need to watch that now because I do yeah. love a good mystery. Yeah. Again, like I told you, there are some a few times there's a few things said where it doesn't hold up now. And you're like, mm. but for the most part, as with all sh- old shows, I feel like. Yeah, but it's pretty like, yeah, it's all like, um, I mean, they're crime mysteries for sure. Like, the first season all centers around her best friend was murdered. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a similar premise to Pretty Little Liars. I never actually watched Pretty Little Liars, but I'm sort of familiar with it. I think it's a little different. The way that it all weaves together is different. I was just saying her best friend got murdered, too. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or one of their friends, I don't know. Yeah. And the whodunit is... A mystery. A lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there is some high school stuff, but it's mostly like love life high school yeah. dramas related. And then also like she used to be cool and now she's not cool. But it's not. I'd say there's enough. I didn't study for content. my geography test. Act. Yeah, no, 
No, she's just like a genius and so like never Doesn't has to matter. study. Yeah. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have time for your rocks geology exam. I think I said geography the first time. Well, no, she'll just go and ace it and it'll be fine. Yeah. No big deal. NBD. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So there is a garden that's like walled off. So it's like extra mysterious. I'm listening. That's all it really is. It's just there's a mysterious walled off garden. (laughs) It looks pretty from the pictures I was able to find. Okay. And the building was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1979. Nice. The top floor does have some artist studio spaces, so artists can work up there. Mm-hmm. And the second floor is home to the lounge, which is home to the beams. So. What does that mean? I'm getting into it. Okay. So in the lounge in the second floor, there's like these nine exposed beams, like these wooden beams that have been signed by artists, like some local, some visiting, just artists. It's like an honor to be able to sign these beams. Okay. And so every September, there's a special ceremony where an artist is selected to sign the beam. And some past artists to receive this honor are Norman Norman Rockwell, Diego Rivera, Marcel Duchamp, Marshall oh. Fredericks, who was a sculptor of the Spirit of Detroit. Uh, John Sinclair of the MC5. Not sure why he signed, but he did. Callback. <laughs> and then Juliana Force, who was the first director of the Whitney Museum in New York City. Wow. Yeah. So there are also 32 smaller beams that are painted, carved, etc. And like individually tiled. Mm-hmm. Sorry, individually titled. Like the round table beam and the founder beam etc uh and some of the images are like coded which again more mystery yeah so uh definitely needs to be a setting for a nancy drew game and sounds fascinating yeah and they also do have an award to give out uh every year to an an annual art exhibit uh Mm -hmm. it's called the scarab club gold medal and it's given to the best work of art at the annual exhibit Okay. Uh, the medal was designed by artist Alfred Nygaard, and his other works include pieces at some Detroit churches and the scarab panel featured in the building's lobby. Uh, and that kind of is it for the Scarab Club. Just my sources real quick. Thescarabclub.org, Detroit News, Metro Times, Michigan.org, and Wikipedia. Fantastic. Yeah. So I did know what it is, but I'd never known much about it and yeah. always been like, Oh, I should learn more about that. So I'm glad you did that because I I'm lazy and never did it. That's the same way I was about it too. Is I always walked past it when I was going to the DIA, and I'm like, "What yeah. is that? Who is she? She's different." And it turns out she's a scarab club. Love that. And she's different. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. No problem. Would you like? To have some two truths and a lie. I would love that. I'm pulling up my phone because I am returning the favor from last week when you did DVDs you own. Oh, yes. I was hoping you'd follow in that suit. And I had a hard time choosing which ones to go with. Ooh. Just so we know. Okay. Okay. So here they are. I love you, man. Fight Club. Princess Bride. Oh, I'm going to go with Fight Club. Definitely own that. Damn. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like trying to think <laughs> of your shelf and I'm like, ah, oh, I feel like I've seen the other two movies on your shelf. I don't remember seeing Fight Club, but 
I love that my evil plan has worked. <laughs> uh, you got me like I got you with burlesque. Um, yeah. Um. Okay, I'm gonna go with Princess Bride. Correct. I do not own Princess Bride, which is amazing because I've watched it a million times in my life, and I love that movie. I need to watch it again because I've seen it once, but it was like a long time ago, and I just didn't mm-hmm. absorb it at the time. The last two years on New Year's Day, I've watched it with my friend Christina, and we have um, a saying that if you do something, t- <laughs> if you do something twice, it's tradition. Uh-huh. So now my New Year's Day tradition is to watch Princess Bride. Do you watch that? Do you watch 99 cigarettes, 100 cigarettes, 500 cigarettes, 500 days of cigarettes? There we go. 200. But that you watch that on New Year's Eve. Oh, uh, okay. So New Year's Eve is 200 cigarettes. 200 cigarettes. And then, then you start the year fresh with some Prince Wesley and some Princess Buttercup. Okay. Bing, bang, boom. That's the yeah. way to end and start a year. Yes. Yes. Just so everybody knows proper ways. Love it. <laughs> Well, I think that pretty much wraps us then. I think, I, su- I suppose it does. Yeah. I don't know why I wanted to talk like that, but I did. I suppose that it does conclude this episode. It's now time for the plugs. I think it's because I'm drinking out of a wine glass. This is a very fancy wine glass. I'm drinking out of a Bud yeah. Light can, but it's a Bud Light seltzer. I do have to tell you about this, actually, because I got this oh, at a great. wine tasting. Yeah, I got it at a wine tasting in California oh, in the Central Coast called Four Lanterns. And it was this guy who had this whole like career and stuff and then quit his career. And he and his wife and four daughters moved to a vineyard and he opened a winery and they were all like supportive and into it. So they called it Four Lanterns after their four daughters. Oh, yeah, that's cute. He told- was the wine good? Yeah, the wine was really good, actually. That's if good. I had more money, I would order from them. It's fine. I do not. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, it's it has turned pink now. I'll probably cut that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It looks purple now, like a pinkish purple. Yeah. Magenta, yeah. fuchsia, science, orchid. What was it? Cyan? Science. Oh, science. science. I thought you said yeah. cyan, and I'm like, I don't think that's cyan, but not at all. <laughs> I don't think that's her. I know it's Cyan, and that is not her. I did not mean to distract. We are rapping. We are rapping. We're going to do plucking. it. Uh, if you want to follow us on our social medias, at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook. If you need to email us, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. And then we would love it if you could. Well, we love, we love our subscribers. Yes. Love you all. And if you could also rate it. That yeah. would be amazing, especially if you like us. That'd be great. Yeah. Some five stars would be cool. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, if you want to review, if you feel it, if you're yeah. feeling like it, feeling a little. Like you need your voice to be heard. Yeah, we're here. Operators are standing by taking your calls. The phone number we did not give you. True story. <laughs> uh, I keep having random people text my phone and I'm not here for it. Oh, I get a lot. Of, yeah. All the time. DetroitStrange.Threadless.com. We haven't mentioned it in a while, but if you want to buy some merch, that'd be cool. Also, just like a general thank you. I feel like we got some nice messages on our one-year anniversary post. So yeah. Uh, and to um, I can't remember who has said it, but I have not been educated on Waco yet. That is still pending. 
we're going to we're going to get to that. I've got the mini series to show you. I'm going to give you a little bit, but then uh, I I think I have some podcast episodes for you to listen to too. So we're I'm working on it. Okay. Yeah. But I think until next time. Yeah, until next time. Stay, Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Detroit duo Sex and Violence.